you're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at BuckSexton.com. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Wednesday, September 8th edition. Let's get right to it. We've got DeSantis versus Fauci on vaccines. AOC is very concerned about menstruating persons' rights. The four Taliban members who were swapped by the Obama administration for Bo Bergdahl are now senior officials in the new Afghan government. Biden pushing climate change lunacy and much else that we will address uh, in just a moment, big tech monitors us, censors us, deplatforms us. Conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. On Getter, you can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Getter, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Getter is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. Getter is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including prominent conservatives like Mike Pompeo, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve Bannon and me, Buck Sexton. Join Getter. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store and at Getter.com. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike the Silicon Valley oligarchs, Getter will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join Getter. It's time to cancel cancel culture that's g-e-t-t-r go check it out in the app store i am on it i am using it and what's going on with the vaccines right now i'm wondering when people are going to realize that we have a 300 percent increase in cases that was the number that i saw this labor day compared to last labor day nationwide so we have a big spike nationally and we have 200 million people who have been vaccinated in this country realize that 200 million vaccinations and yet and, and on top of that, you have 100 million people who have natural immunity and we have a worse Labor Day weekend for covid than we did a year ago before any vaccines. What's going on? You'll notice they don't even try to answer this. They, they don't even deal with it. They don't care. They just tell you to be quiet and obey and get ready for boosters for your children. Get ready for another round of possible lockdowns, mitigation measures, whatever it may be. I mean, does anyone really think that this winter we're not going to go through a whole big increase in cases again? I mean, why would that be the case? The only thing that may be happening is we're getting closer to naturally derived herd immunity, and they're going to say that it's a function of the vaccinated immunity over time, right? That they're not really tracking what will cause the end of this pandemic to really happen, they'll definitely want to take credit for it no matter what. But but here's what you have going on right now. Um, Ron DeSantis, who looks at the data very closely in Florida, is straight up saying Fauci has been wrong over and over again. Play clip one. If you're going to force vaccine mandates on people, just understand that what the data is showing us about the vaccine, the, vac- the data is showing us you're much less likely to be hospitalized or die if you're vaccinated. That is true. And I think you see it in the statistics. However, the vaccinations have not 
created herd immunity. And so if the idea is that having uh, herd immunity, you force everyone to do this, and that will create herd immunity, that has not happened. Um, it's still spreading. People who, I mean, obviously in Florida, we're going down now, which is great. But um, but that's not what the, the issue is, is, is it creating the herd immunity? Fauci also said if 50 percent were vaccinated, you would not see any surges anymore. Well, that isn't true. Fauci's wrong over and over again. Just wondering if anyone really cares. In the media, they certainly don't. The Democrats certainly don't. Fauci is their little health policy guru who's always wrong. But, you know, he wears a lab coat and he looks like a doctor who's telling you to lower your cholesterol and maybe eat a little less red meat and butter. Yeah, that's what it is. Dr. Fauci seems in the liberal mind like what a doctor must be. Therefore, he is somebody that everyone should listen to. Remember when they used to have that Bill Nye, the science guy who would wear uh, a little a little bow tie and some kind of a lab coat or whatever. And everyone thought that he knew something about something. He had an undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering, but he was a climate change expert. Right. This, they do this all the time. They even thought that we should all listen to young Greta Thunberg when she was 16 years old. Yeah, we should have her lecture us all on climate change. That makes sense. Okay, is Fauci wrong a lot? Let's just let's look at that for a moment. Let's look at that. Fauci, is he wrong? And this is a hat tip to uh, my buddy Alex Berenson, who you should subscribe to his Substack if you have not and you want some real COVID truth situation going on. But he put out from his Substack the following. The end of COVID is nigh, thanks to the miracle of vaccines. Just ask Dr. Fauci, then ask him again, again and again. Here is and he pulled together these different uh, news stories. November 12th, 2020, Bloomberg. The headline says Fauci says end to pandemic is in sight. Thanks to vaccines. Hmm. That was in November of 2020. Thanks to vaccines, the pandemic was going to be over pretty soon. It's now almost a year later. Does it feel like the pandemic is over? I mean, it should be over insofar as we should just go back to living normal lives. And yeah, we're going to take we're going to take losses here. People are going to get COVID. There will be some people who die. There are also people who die from the flu, from upper respiratory infections that turn into pneumonia, from heart attack, from cancer. People die from a lot of things. We don't shut down society for it. Okay, so that was one prediction that Fauci had. Here's another one. Fauci predicts the U.S. could see signs of herd immunity by late March or early April. That was December 15th of 2020 in NPR. Wow. Herd immunity by March or April. Does it feel like we're at herd immunity right now? Okay, March 11th, 2021. Fauci gives sunnier outlook for end of pandemic. U.S. will see big, big difference by summer or early fall. Does it seem like that's going on right now? I mean, unless he meant the big, big difference was a very substantial increase in cases and hospitalizations nationwide. Oh, and now here we are, August 25th, 2021. Dr. Fauci says no end to COVID pandemic before spring 2022 at the earliest. Uh, hold on a second. Every call it three months, Fauci says, basically, give it six months. 
And now he's saying give it at least six months. Right. So so this guy keeps telling us, don't worry, we'll get there. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the pandemic. And yet that's not what happens. So why do we listen to his predictions when he's wrong all the time? Why does he still have credibility? Because he is the 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 little uh, mouthpiece for the apparatus of covid control. And that's why he also has to continue his feud with Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis continues to be a challenge for him uh, because of the state of Florida still being. I don't I know that they've had a surge in cases recently. That's still a huge success story. They still refuse to go along with the Fauciite mad madness. Um, here is little Fauci on DeSantis and saying he's completely incorrect. Play two. Well, that's not true at all. I mean, obviously, it's important for you as an individual for your own personal protection, safety and health. But when you have a virus that's circulating in the community and you are not vaccinated, you are part of the problem because you're allowing yourself to be a vehicle for the virus to be spreading to someone else. So it isn't as if it stops with you. If that were the case, then it would be only about you. But it doesn't. You can get infected even if you get no symptoms or minimally symptomatic and then pass it on to someone who, in fact, might be very vulnerable, an elderly person, a person with an underlying disease. So when you're dealing with an outbreak of an infectious disease, it isn't only about you. There's a societal responsibility that we all have. A societal responsibility. And how far does that societal responsibility go? I'm just wondering. Is it every six months you have to get a shot? Your kids have to get a shot? You know, on CNN, they put this this. I don't know. The girl might have been 10 years old, eight years old, something like that. Uh, and her mother on TV to celebrate that the child had extended her middle finger to a group of anti mask in school protesters. And really, it's not even anti mask in school. It's don't make kids who have parents who are not irrational, hysterical weirdos mask their kids up. But CNN treats this like it's a news story. They put a little girl on TV and say, oh, isn't it so great that you extended the middle finger to a bunch of adults who disagree with a policy that your parent, a hysterical lib who goes with the herd, disagrees with them? I mean, that's where that, that's what it's all come down to, folks. The libs have started to play my favorite game again, too, which is uh, the blue check libs on Twitter. So the journos, they'll say things like, Oh, my gosh, my eight year old just saw somebody that was walking down the street without a mask on outside and was like, oh, my gosh, why doesn't that person understand their societal responsibilities during a pandemic when there's a long established history of the state using extreme measures, including quarantine and even lockdown with mask mandates to prevent the spread of it's like, no, your eight year old didn't say that, but they start they start to do it again. There's a desperation. There's a. There's a a vacuum of intelligence that is currently at the heart of so many of these policies and ideas. You have a lot of really, really dumb people. They think they are smart because they've been in certain places in a system that gives them certain checks and different boxes. And, oh, I went to this place and I went to that place. And that's where the smart people go. No, life is an intelligence test. And if you're walking around with two masks on outside, you are failing that intelligence test. 
no matter how many times Fauci goes on TV and says things that are manifestly stupid that do not make any sense, but people believe it, they like it, they listen to it for any number of reasons. And the libs think they understand science, which is fascinating because they say things that no person who knows anything about science would ever utter out loud. AOC is perhaps the most influential member of Congress, at least when it comes to the national news conversation. Right? AOC can, with a tweet, with a live stream, get a tremendous amount of attention and focus. And she goes around saying things like menstruating persons or non cisgender females or whatever. I mean, I, I it, it's hard to even keep up with the acrobatics of language that the left will use in place of women. They don't they, they don't really believe in women's rights anymore. They believe in the rights of people who menstruate. Right, because that's a very physiological designation, whereas women, you can be a woman by saying you are because of transgenderism. They really believe this. It's not true. It's insane. But they believe it. And here's AOC explaining this to you. When we talk about um, the law that was passed in Texas, we know that anti-choice bills are not about being pro-life. Because if they were about being pro-life, then the Republican Party would support, frankly, an agenda that helps guaranteed health care, that helps ensure that people who do give birth that don't have the resources uh, to care for a child can have that care for a child. So we know that none of this is about life. None of this is about supporting life. What this is about is controlling women's bodies and controlling people who are not cisgender men. This is about making sure that someone like me as a woman or any menstruating person in this country cannot make decisions over their own body. And people like Governor Abbott and Mitch McConnell want to have more control over, over a woman's body than that woman or that person has over themselves. Menstruating persons. Menstruating persons. Really? This is now the designation? People who give birth. I think there's an easier way to say that, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. I'm pretty sure you could just say women. But notice how there are all these phrases now, these signifiers of one's fealty to the absurd leftist anti-science orthodoxy of women who give birth, of menstruating persons or persons who menstruate. I mean, also, can we just talk about is that really something that we have to discuss in this way? This is now the designation. I think there's a lot more to being a woman than one's monthly cycle. But AOC, in the most debased fashion, wants to use that terminology because she does not want to be accused of being insufficiently woke. And wokeness means embracing the absurdity of men can become women and women can become men. The lie, it is just not true. But these are the people who think that they understand science. These are the same folks who are big believers in mask mandates and think that Dr. Fauci is a genius. 
It's not an accident that there are other areas we can talk about, like the menstruating persons phenomenon, where it is clear that they are clownish and beyond stupid in the way they approach these things. All right. That's, I think, quite clear, quite obvious. Um, And we'll get into how this translates into climate change in just a moment. I want to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, though. It was born from the tragedy of 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. To mark 20 years, Tunnel to Towers is gifting America's heroes and their families with 200 mortgage-free homes. To honor the fallen, Chairman and CEO Frank Siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, from the Pentagon to Shanksville, culminating at ground zero on 9-11. Towers of Light return to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance, And for the first time, those we lost to 9-11 related illness are being honored at a ceremony on September 12th. On Veterans Day, another first, the soldiers we lost in the war on terror are having their names read aloud. The words never forget require action. Do good and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. It's a great organization. And we're at the 20th anniversary here soon. Just a matter of days of 9-11. Donate to Tunnel to Towers Foundation. When you see what they do, uh, it's, it is necessary. It's an obligation for all of us to remember those heroes. Um, so I mentioned to you, getting back here to our politics, I, I mentioned the, the phenomenon of left-wing climate change madness. And uh, for, first of all, they're already trying to do The whole, oh, let's move the mentality now, the lockdown mentality, the we control everything mentality to climate change issues, right? They're the same mass mobilization they have with science, the science as a justification immediately will transfer to climate change, which in some ways has almost as much control, maybe even more control over your life. If you buy in fully to the climate change philosophy, Uh, they can do anything they want because they're trying to save the planet it's not even just this current generation it's future generations right a pandemic you could argue is only a risk to people now but in the future there won't be a future unless we listen to them on climate change that is the madness that they offer up here and then they try to tie these two things together they're trying to create a psychological bridge from climate change to these future uh, two future pandemics. Play 10. The question is not if our entire world and our entire sh- uh, society is going to shift because of climate change. It's a matter of how it's going to shift. So basically, if we do nothing to address climate change, we are going to see the continued destruction of our supply chains. We are going to see our crops not be able to grow in the same way. We will see our infrastructure begin to crumble away. We will see us not, we will see, you know, the continuation proliferation of other future pandemics as well. And so that is how our life could change if we do nothing. If we do nothing, there's going to be like all the crops, like no food, like no non-GMO, gluten-free, soy, vegan, tostadas and muffins and all the delicious things that one can eat. There'll be none of those things. I had tostadas last night with uh, scallops on them, actually. They were quite delicious. Yeah, that's what we're being told. Unless we make these changes... Those are the two foods that are on my mind, by the way. I also had a muffin this morning, so there we go. 
Um, those are the things that if we don't have an immediate overwhelming government response, an overwhelming government response, um, we will fall victim to. We have to give the government total control over everything or there won't be anything left. We won't be left. Now, I understand you might have this inclination to say, well, that's AOC. She's a moron. We all know that. But she's not the only one who employs or deploys, I should say, this kind of rhetoric. Uh, Listen to what Joe Biden says. Joe Biden's the head of the Democrat Party. I know his advisors and his weekend at Bernie's and all this stuff. I get it. But technically speaking, he's the head of the Democrat Party. And he's going around after we've had a couple of big storms in this country. And he's doing this emotional blackmail. I mean, this really just snake oil salesman nonsense of, you know, if you, if you just go along with my, my, my infrastructure bill and it's going to stop the storms from coming because of all the climate change out there. Here you go. Play 11. Climate change poses an existential threat to our lives, to our economy, and the threat is here. It's not going to get any better. The question, can't it get worse? We can stop it from getting worse. And when I talk about building back better, and Chuck is fighting for my program, our program on the Hill, when I talk about building back better, I mean you can't build to what it was before this last storm. You got to build better so if the the storm occurred again, there would be no damage. There would be. But that's not going to stop us, though, because if we just do that, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse because the storms are going to get worse and worse and worse. And so, folks, we got to listen to the scientists. We got to listen to the scientists. See, same thing. Listen to the scientists. Scientists, as we know, are often the one the loudest ones the ones that actually you hear about are left wing are cowards the ones that you that speak out overwhelmingly part of groupthink the herd mentality and trying to leverage their credentials for policy purposes that go far beyond their actual expertise they can tell me you know what the temperature is but that doesn't mean that they can tell me what clothing i wear when i go outside my house there's a difference between those things Information is objective, is factual. Response to information is a question for public policy debate. And this is what we've lost in the whole COVID madness. This is what has been destroyed in the society. People can go out and say really dumb things and grow very large followings and have tremendous political influence without ever being challenged on how absurd what they are saying truly is, without ever having to actually defend these ideas, the things that they say. It's an enormous problem that we face right now because there's no accountability for the stupidity. I mean, they're, they're unveiling a program now where they're saying they want the Biden administration 50 percent solar energy for the whole country, 50 percent solar energy by 2050. Now, I'm pretty sure Biden's not going to be president in 2050, although I don't know what kind of cybernetics and you know cyborg technology that they're working on. Um, I'm kidding, obviously, but I, I'm pretty sure Joe Biden's not going to be president in, in uh, 30 years, although who knows these days. And, you know, they'll just be like, yeah, Biden, he's still in the basement. Well, can we see him? No, he's just been president for 30 years. Don't worry about it. Shut up. Go get a shot. We're in charge, right? We can see how this would happen. Uh, but 
50% solar energy. This Solar energy has been the next big thing for the last 40 years. I mean, this has been, oh, we're going to transition to solar. It's not that easy. It doesn't work. It's not that efficient. Uh, and yet they keep going with this. If they were serious about getting away from fossil fuels, they would talk about nuclear, but they don't like nuclear. Why? It's not because of science. They just don't like it. Nuclear is scary. There's like neutrons and electrons and stuff, and they just fly around and go boom and make all the all the toxic waste. They don't know anything. I mean, the country really is run by morons right now. Let's just be honest about it. The country is run by morons. I mean, the people that are in charge of the government are idiots. These are not smart people. They don't make good decisions. They're not impressive. A lot of them are very unethical. A lot of them are just bad people, too. But they've taken over a system that has had tremendous prosperity behind it and gives them tremendous power today. And they act like they built this. One could even tell the Democrats running things, running the show right now. You didn't build that about America because they certainly did not. But here we are. This is what we see continue to unfold. By the way, uh, speaking of the, the countries run by morons, uh, if you look at the situation in Afghanistan, it is uh, not good right now. Not good. And you have very weak vetting going on. I and mean, here's Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, saying that, oh, don't worry, we're going to check the Afghan refugees against the databases. Play nine. They're getting their names registered. They're doing the biometrics. Uh, they check their irises. They do their fingerprints. They take a full facial photo. Uh, they run uh, that against the uh, 20 years of databases that we have uh, in the interagency. Uh, they run it against the NCTC checks and the FBI checks. <clears throat> if the uh, individual, if the evacuee uh, has some sort of derogatory information or something suspect at all, it'll pop up uh, as red uh, or yellow. Okay, how good do we think those databases really are? Remember that we relied on information for things like how long the government information, how long will the Afghan National Security Forces last against the Taliban? Didn't really work out so well for us. But now they want you to trust them that they know how to do the proper vetting of the, what is it, over 100,000 Afghan refugees that are largely going to be resettled in the United States. Oh, and how's the situation playing out right now with the Afghan government? Four, that's right, four of the senior Taliban members who were swapped for Bo Bergdahl back under the Obama administration. You remember that? Yeah, they they are now the Afghan government largely. Oh, along with uh, Sirajuddin Haqqani, who has close ties to Al Qaeda already. So how is this working out for us? Remember, some of us were saying at the time of the Obama administration, I was on CNN talking about the prisoner swap and I was like, this is this is. This is absurd. You're trading Bo Bergdahl for senior level Taliban commanders. This is supposed to be. Why are you trading? What was it? Five for one? How about a one for one? At least that. But oh, no. Here we are seeing how it all played out. The Obama administration is, you know, on foreign policy was reckless, was stupid. But the four members of the so-called Taliban five, according to the New York Post here, have joined the new government. They are acting director of intelligence, Abdul Haq Wasik, acting minister of borders and tribal affairs, Nurullah Nuri, deputy defense minister, Mohammed Fazl, and acting minister of information and culture, Hyrullah Hayerka. The fifth member of the Taliban five, Mohammed Nabi uh, Omari, was appointed governor of Eastern Coast Province last month. So these are the people who are running the Afghan government. We just handed them back to the Taliban 
in exchange for Bo Bergdahl, who walked off his base. And I've spoken to members of the military who said they knew that Bo Bergdahl was somebody who, well, let's just say uh, wasn't upholding the, the best traditions of martial service. Uh, this just goes to show you, I mean, one, the Obama administration's foreign policy was a complete and utter disaster. That much is clear. We've known that for a long time. We're still feeling ramifications of it. And the people in charge right now in Afghanistan don't know what the heck is really going on. I mean, here's Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who is at least admitting that it's going to be harder to know if any major threats are emanating out of Afghanistan. Play eight. Well, there's no question that it will be more difficult uh, to identify and engage uh, threats that emanate from the region. But we're committed to making sure that that uh, uh, threats are not allowed to develop. Yeah. Do you feel better after hearing that? They're committed to making sure that threats are not allowed to develop. Oh, gosh, I'm sure the Taliban must just feel like we we got to we got to do everything we can to be be careful in case this incredible American Biden administration, military and intelligence apparatus is on to us. I don't think so. But we made the decision to pull out. You know, Nancy Pelosi is already saying that it was basically strategic brilliance from the Biden administration that got us out of Afghanistan. It was it was amazing. I told you this would happen. They're going to say it was amazing. As soon as people start to forget, wait, how did this actually get conducted? They're going to say, oh, it's the greatest thing. Joe Biden's brilliant. They'll say anything. They will say absolutely anything. And, uh, you know, it's something that unfortunately we have to continue to fight against because they still control so much of the media. And I will say this. I think the Biden administration, if you didn't have the open collusion between the DNC and the social media giants, even more people would understand what a catastrophe Biden as the president really is. I mean, what a joke this whole thing is. It's not a funny joke. Uh, But because they control the pipes through which information flows in this country, it's a lot easier for them to manipulate perception and try to create a, a feeling that, you know, Joe Biden is not the most incompetent, absurd buffoon imaginable. But but he clearly is. He clearly is. Uh, please do continue to uh, subscribe to the or subscribe to the Buck Saxon Show podcast. If you're not already Pass the buck, tell people about it. And also check out my locals account, bucksaxon.locals.com. Uh, that's going to be it for today, team. Appreciate you being here with me. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Same time, place. Shields high.